ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to, you to know that we love listener feedback. So, if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. There are two easy ways to do so. You can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Or you can tweet at us, at SFDiocese, and use the hashtag Ignition. Again, at SFDiocese, and use the hashtag Ignition. Um, today I am joined by a guest co-host who has never been a newbie. Yes. A rookie. <laughs> a freshman. Does that work? Mm, maybe. Uh, Audrey Anderson is across the table for me today. Audrey, how are you? I'm doing well today, Chris. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Pleasantries out of the way. Who are you? I am a daughter of the Father. I work here at the Diocese in the Discipleship Office and born and raised in Sioux Falls. Um, love my Catholic faith, and I'm looking forward to learning more. Um, okay, that's not going to cut it, Anderson. What do you need? Uh, I need more. I need something more from you today. Um, I am a guitar player. Oh. I have a little sister that I love dearly. I'm a member of the cathedral. Okay. What do you do? What do I do? I love spending time in relationship with others. I might be a fan of MacGyver. Which TV one? TV show. The Which new one? one. No. Yeah. No. no. I mean, no. I did watch the old one no. as well, but the new one has the science in it that I just love. Do the old one had science? Okay, do you but he didn't seen, explain it. I didn't see the new one. I haven't seen the new one. I've seen parts of the new one, but... Mm. Anyway, but the time, you know, this is because this is on the internet, you know, people might be listening to this and be like, which new one, the fourth reboot or the 17th? <laughs> Could be. Could be. Uh, my name is Chris Bergwald. If you've never listened to Ignition before, I am the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Um, this is one of my <clears throat> outreaches and apostolates, a word that will come up later in the show. Um, originally from central Minnesota, my wife, Jermaine, and I have been married for 20 years this summer, as we're recording this, the term, summer of 2019. Um that's when the anniversary is. It's not when it is when we're recording. It's February right now, mm. just to be clear, in case you were wondering. <laughs> um, she and I have five kids. We live in Eastern Sioux Falls. And today we're going to be talking about, um, Audrey, what you, what, well, both you and I are lay people. I'm not, mm-hmm. pr- I'm, I'm, I'm not a, f- well, I'm a father, but not an ordained father. Mm-hmm. Um, you are a lay woman. You're not a sister. Correct. Um, what I want to talk about is the thing that the church has always called you and I to, or folks like you and I, um, but particularly in the last 50 or 60 years, what has the church called you, Audrey, and me, Chris, and other lay folks like us, like ourselves, to do? What is our mission? So I, I want to begin... Um, Actually, I don't war- just roll with me because mm-hmm. you know I didn't I didn't really prep you for this, but you'll be fine. Um, Audrey, if you think about like the, what the maybe yourself or maybe family or friends, other Catholics who you know, what what do you think? If, answering for yourself for others, um, what does it mean to be an involved Catholic? How how do you when when people think of involved Catholic, 
what what do you think comes to their mind? I think it's somebody that goes beyond just sitting in the pew on Sunday. Okay. It would be somebody who might be involved in the parish or somebody who's working in a ministry or an outreach program or somebody who just quite frankly can go to their work or their job and invest in the people around them or even their families, but somebody who's living out the Catholic faith. Okay. Um, I want to focus in on part of what you said there. Um, I don't know if you use the word involved in their parish more, but I'm going to I'm going to put those words in your mouth if you <laughs> didn't say them. What do you think when they when you so to be involved Catholic might mean to be involved in their parish in what way would, would do you think? Yeah, so I think like I said, not just going to mass on Sunday, but also that might be being involved in the mass, lecturing, cantering, something like that, but also attending other ministries that have like their Bible studies or their small groups, maybe volunteering as a kitchen lady who makes food for the funerals and things like that. Okay. I, I, so with that in particular, I I do think that for a lot of Catholics, in my experience, that sort of next level of engagement, that that maybe first level of involvement, if you will, typically revolves around the liturgy, the Mm -hmm. mass, like you said, usher or elector. Some parishes have adult acolytes in the, in addition to, you know, children serving some, some have adults helping out as an MC or, or just acolyting. Um, I, I think that for many Catholics, that's sort of um, wow. He he or she's doing a lot in the parish, not aware of some of the things that you talked about. The other things that you talked about when I initially asked you the question, "What does it mean to be an involved Catholic?" Because a lot of the things you described weren't so much focused inward, if you will, within the parish and the mm-hmm. life of the parish. Um, many of the things that you described were more outward focused beyond the walls of the church itself, the parish church, yeah. um, into the neighborhoods, into the homes, into the workplaces where people live. And and that's what I want to sort of focus on uh, in this episode of Ignition, looking at the ways in which we as lay Catholics are called to live, we're not, we're not, Jesus said we're not supposed to be of the world, but the fact is we do live in the world. So how, what, what does that look like? What does it mean? Um, because in the last 50, I mentioned 50, well, 60 years, Vatican II in a particular way called us, the laity, to be engaged in the world as leaven. Mm. So when you think of leaven, what comes to your mind? Bread. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? So the leaven, the yeast, um, makes the bread raise, rise, whatever the right verb is there. Um, that's what you and I are called to do in the world, to be leaven, to be, to be, to be, to be the yeast. Oh my gosh. Say that, say that five times fast. I dare you at home. <laughs> to be the, to be the yeast um, in the world. So where we are sanctifying the world from within, we're proclaiming the gospel, we're living the gospel as I think you said as well, um, from within. That's what we're called to do. Uh, it, it, it's, it's great, and I mean this, it is great. It's wonderful that we as lay people are be able to be involved in liturgy the way that we are. But what Vatican II called for, Vatican II being this this gathering of all the bishops of, of the world together in Rome in the 1960s, only the 21st time all the bishops have gathered together um, in an ecumenical council, what Vatican II said is that the laity need to go into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I think that, that it's worth emphasizing is, is 
twofold. One, what we've already touched on, oftentimes lay involvement doesn't go much beyond liturgical uh, ministry, if you will. Mm -hmm. But secondly, I think we as lay people oftentimes aren't really aware of what makes us unique, what our collective identity is within the parish. So Audrey, if you were going to define a lay person, how would you define a lay person? In the church, what makes a layperson a layperson, as opposed to the ordained or the religious? I think that's what I would have said yeah, <laughs> to describe it: someone who's not ordained or religious. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Very common. Um, I'm going to up the ante on you here. Yeah. Uh, define laity without using the word "not." Mm. Someone who is. Oh, I can't do it. Right. Right. <laughs> Most of us think of ourselves, most of us are lay people, well, I'm not, like the way that I introduced, or I spoke about the two of us, mm-hmm. I'm not a father, a priest, you're not a sister, a religious, mm-hmm. um, I'm, not, I'm not a brother in the sense of religious, et cetera, et cetera, I'm not a deacon, not, 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 okay, but what am I, those are, those are negative definitions, not in the sense that they're bad, they're, mm-hmm. they're good, but they say what we're not, well, what are we? though and what the church the way the church there's and there's lots of ways to answer that question in the quote-unquote positive without using not uh but but the way the church at vatican II and since then speaks with the laity the lay people are the members of the faithful um whose particular unique mission is to live the gospel within the world in a way that the ordained and the religious cannot and are not called to do. Now, certainly there are there are priests, um, there are religious who live in the world, um, just as there are lay people like you and I who work for the church professionally. But what differentiates the lay person in general uh, from the ordained or the religious in general is that the lay person is the one whose vocation is uniquely to live in the world and to sanctify the world to to evangelize the world from within. That's our unique call and unique mission. There's something very exciting about that. Why? So, so, so speak to that. Uh, it's just kind of liberating, and and there's a freedom. And the Lord has a purpose for me as an individual, and He has created me to do something to further His kingdom. And I and I don't just have to wait till Sunday in the liturgy to do that. Amen. Amen. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. So we are all by. Okay, yeah. So calm down, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are as lay people. We are empowered by the sacramental life of the church, by the formation we receive from the ordained, from by the formation we receive from, and the witness borne to us by the religious. We are thereby empowered and inspired to do our part which is to bring the gospel to the world in a way that they're ordained and religious cannot. It, it, so at a very simple level, frankly, it's just a matter of numbers. Mm-hmm. If, if you just take the population of the church and percentage-wise, the laity, people like you and I, those who are quote-unquote not lay or not ordained, not religious, we make up the vast majority of the church. So if, mm-hmm. if the church exists to evangelize the world, 
um, then I hope it's not just on the, the ordained and religious because they're a really tiny part. Yeah. We are also called to engage in, and I'll come back to that um, in a little bit, um, but we are also called to engage in that work we who make up the vast majority of of the church, and yet too often we think of ourselves honestly primarily as receiver receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, period. Stop. So I go to mass. I participate in the mass. Um, I receive Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. I pray uh, on a daily basis. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, Yes, necessary, but you're not done. We're not done. The, uh, those things are all, yes, for our own sake, but also so that we are empowered to go into the world, to to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to bear in a world that desperately needs it. Mm-hmm. And I think something additional to that would be in the numbers that you were talking about. Um, the most effective way to tell someone about the Lord is to encounter him and the ordained and the religious, they can only have so many encounters per day, right. per lifetime. Right. And so if we go out and encounter people who don't know the Lord and we can share that encounter with them and invite them into things, yep. I think that there's something very powerful in that. Amen. And that's exactly what we're called to do. So, all right. So, the, the the bottom line, what this this first half of this episode um, been emphasizing is the fact that we're all called to to as lay people we're called to be leavened in the world. That's what makes us unique, differentiates us differentiates us from the religious and the um, the ordained. What I'm going to do in the second half then is talk more about what it means to participate in that mission of the church. So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Ignition, this is a broadcast of the New Evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and I'm with Audrey Anderson, and we're talking about the role of the laity, really, um, in the church and in the world, and the fact that we are all on mission. Um, Audrey, have you ever seen the movie Blues Brothers? Yes, a long time ago. <laughs> We're on a mission from God. Yes. Right? right? Yes. We are all, by virtue of our baptism, on mission. You and I are all sent, you and I and everybody in the church, but we're focusing here on the lay people. We too are sent on mission. Think of the word, the word mission, M-I-S-S-I. O-N. Uh, it's closely related to the in spelling. You can see the, the, the comparison to the word missile. M-I-S-S-I-L-E. What's a missile, Audrey? Well, it sounds like a bomb. Yeah, so a missile is launched and it delivers its payload. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's it's uh, into space, you know, but oftentimes, yeah, it's a bomb. Um, a missile is something that's sent. We are on mission. We have been sent by God. We are all participating in the, t- the technical term that I used earlier in the church's apostolate. So apostolate is a apostolate, four-syllable word um, that refers to, in a very general way, the word apostolate refers to the church's mission to go make disciples. So the end of Matthew's gospel, Jesus tells the apostles, go make disciples. He sends them on mission. Um, and that mission, that fundamental mission of the church to make disciples of all nations is called the church's apostolate. Now, the word apostolate is used in other senses. Have you heard the term before? Yeah. Um, for me, though, it's mostly around religious orders that I've heard it used. 
Yeah, so every religious community has an apostolate. It's like the thing that they, their form of outreach might be Mm -hmm. to pray. um, It might be to teach. It might be to run a hospital. It's also different apostolates, but all of those part, part are different ways to participate in the church's fundamental apostolate to make disciples. Mm. Um, sometimes it's also used, like uh, with especially with lay ministries. Um, so lay people who have uh, ministries in the church, speaking ministries or some sort of discipleship ministry. Sometimes they ta- refer to their what we might call ministry as an apostolate. So my apostolate um, does X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. All of those, though, are, are related to the fundamental apostolate of the church to make disciples. Does that make sense yes. to you? Okay. So the church fundamentally exists to make disciples, to evangelize. It has that apostolate. And there's the lay participation in that apostolate, which is what we're talking about here. How you and I are all called, um, lay people, are all, we're all called to participate in the church's mission to make disciples. When you hear that idea, Audrey, so you're called to help the church make disciples. And frankly, I mean, you had some, you were you spent some time as a focused missionary, mm-hmm. et cetera. So yep. I want you to try to put yourself, maybe uh, you might not quite the typical audience member <laughs> for Ignition. Um, think about the average Catholics who you know, um, yep. who are engaged and on fire. But the idea of making disciples might be a little bit foreign to them or even scary mm-hmm. to them. Uh, how does that idea sound to you from within that perspective? Well, I can see that it might be a little overwhelming because perhaps they've never been a disciple themselves or didn't realize that that's what that was, what they were experiencing is called. Um, so I can see where there's maybe <clears throat> a little bit of a lack of direction in what it actually means to be a disciple or to make disciples of other people. Yep. Um, but I think there's something enticing about it because Jesus talks about it in the scriptures. Yep. And so um, even though it might be overwhelming, there's something that kind of tugs at your heart that makes you desire to understand it and Why? then to do it. Why do you think most people would feel like that? Because many lay people feel like, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. If you were to conjecture or guess, or maybe you know lay folks who, who would say that, Why, w- typically um, what are the reasons that they might give you? So why can't you do that? Yeah. What, what do they typically say? Yeah, I've had those conversations a lot with students as a focused missionary, and a lot of it is, I don't know what I'm doing, and I don't have enough knowledge base, and I don't know that I know the Lord well enough in order to emulate what He does and call others on to be in relationship with Him. And I think another way to describe all those things fundamentally into, I don't know enough, you know, teachings of the church or the Bible or whatever, and I'm not holy enough. Yes. Um, I think, our, is that accurate, do you mm-hmm. think? Yep. Um, and this is where I love, um, in John chapter 4, the fourth chapter of John's gospel, Jesus meets the Samaritan woman at the well. It's a, it's a long, it's almost all of chapter 4 in John's gospel, so I don't have time to read it here. Um, I don't really want to even summarize it, but I really what I want to refer to um, just a couple points about it, and then something Pope Francis says about the story that I absolutely love. So um, Jesus meets this woman, Samaritan woman. Jews and Samaritans are not buddy-buddy, um, but he engages her in conversation. So that's strange, like a Jewish man talking to a Samaritan woman public. What? Mm-hmm. So, and, and then she's like, what are you doing? And, she, she, and he starts talking to her. She realizes, oh, there's something more to this 
Jewish guy than I initially thought and, and increasing. And my gosh, you might be the Messiah who we are waiting for just like the Jews are. Because the Jews are sort of like cousins, if you will, to or the Samaritans are, are they looked down upon cousins to the <laughs> Jews um, in terms of bloodline. Um, so she realizes he might be the Messiah, uh, and 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 there's this point where he sends her back into the village, and she goes into the village and she starts telling people about Jesus, this guy that she just met at the well outside of town, and they come out and meet him. They have an encounter, your word, mm-hmm. an encounter with him themselves. Um, what I love about it is, and, and Pope Francis doesn't literally say this, but he makes the point that. When this woman was sent by Jesus to go basically announce him, to evangelize, to tell the good news of her encounter with Jesus Christ, she didn't go out off to college to get a degree in theology, let alone a doctorate. She didn't go get a certification in discipleship and evangelization. She went and told others about this man who she had met, Mm -hmm. who is Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the King, the Lord, God. And I love that, and Francis's point, the Holy Father's point about that, because I think too often we do overcomplicate it. To, to be a disciple and to go on mission to evangelize just means telling other people about this man whom we have met, who we've encountered, and who we are following. So it really is, it's basically um, telling our story and telling his story, the yes. story of Jesus Christ and our story and our encounter with him. Mm-hmm. How does that sound to you? Scary, intimidating, or I can do that. I think that makes it a lot more approachable. And I think it makes it a lot more relatable to others because if you're going out to tell them these are all the doctrines of the church that you should know and follow, right. yes. it, it's people tend to wall up. But if if you go out and say, this is how I've experienced someone, this is this is what I know, and I have found so much peace or so much joy or, or so many good healing things from this relationship. And I just want to share that with you because I want you to have that too. Yep. That makes it so much easier to talk about and people are so much more receptive to hearing those types of things. So it definitely makes me feel, oh yeah, I could do that. Right. I mean, telling your story is not reciting the catechism. Now mm-hmm. we should study. A study is, is, is important, but I think we, we do get too hung up on the idea that I don't know enough. Mm-hmm. You, you do need to know something. I mean, um, we need to know him and we need to make sure we know Make sure we know the right hymn that we're talking about. <laughs> Have you ever heard of Jesus? Yeah, he lived in South America in <laughs> 17. Like, what, what are you talking? No, it, it has to be the real Jesus right. that we're talking about. Um, but fundamentally, testimony is just sharing my experience of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a lot simpler than we think. But I think it's even, in a sense, getting ahead of ourselves. Um, to participate in the apostolate, the, the lay apostolate, first and foremost to me means just bearing witness by the way that we live mm-hmm. our lives. Um, there's a phrase, and I'm, I'm curious to know if you've heard it before, um, to be a Christian means to cut cucumbers differently. I have not heard that. So what do you think of when you hear that, that and then for the first time? I've never told you that before. I don't think so. Wow, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> to be a Christian means to cut cucumbers differently. What what's uh word associated? What or just what comes to mind when you hear that from me? Um it kind of sounds like everybody cuts cucumbers obviously because right. we all make salads in the summer and yes. um but we do it in a way that is unique to us and um yeah, 
I don't want to say that maybe that's better or not. It's just we have a distinct way that we do this. So how the heck do Christians cut cucumbers differently? What's the distinct way? And I'm putting you on the spot who mm-hmm. just heard the phrase the first time a minute ago. But what, what do you think that means? That what is what is the what's distinct in how? I mean, <clears throat> step one: take knife. <laughs> step two: chop cucumber. Like what's how would a Christian cut the cucumber differently? What what does that mean? Do you do you think? I'm the one who said it. You yeah. explain it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that just means that we. We still live the same life that everyone else does. We still have the same number of hours in the day and the same big life mm, events. Good. Um, but we do it in it with a different heart. Okay. Perhaps. So how might the heart be different? It's it's encountered the Lord and, and it lives in his grace. And um, I think Mother Teresa was a great example of that when you could just tell by who she was and how she lived. She had that moral authority that she just lived with such joy that you could tell she was living differently than the rest of the world. And I think we're all called to that same, that same living differently in, in Christ's love. I love that. That makes sense. You still have answered my question. <laughs> What's your question? How, what do you mean cut cucumbers differently? Do we do it at an angle? Do we do it like, what's that, the, the, the French thing where you get a bunch <laughs> of, what, how do you cut them different? Do you, any idea? No, I don't know what you're getting at. So I'm gonna, fl- I'm gonna. So yes, that was you. You, you did that very well. Good job. You did an <laughs> A for the day. Um, I want to take some things that you said and expand on them mm-hmm. concretely. I see the cucumber as a gift. Mm. Um, it's not just some vegetable that grew in some garden somewhere. This is a gift from the heavenly Father to me. The way that you described yourself at the beginning is, "I'm beloved daughter of the Father." Amen. A cucumber is not just a vegetable. It's not just a thing. It's not just a collection of a certain collection and arrangement of molecules. It is a gift from my father to me. When I know that, I will go about cutting it, as you said, with a different heart. Mm. Um, to be a Christian means to cut cucumbers. A Christian cuts cucumbers, cucumbers differently means that we engage with reality among other, there's a lot of things you could say, but to me, one of the the fundamental things with an awareness that everything that we have is a gift to us from a father who loves us deeply. Mm. Um, And therefore when I'm cutting it, I'm cutting it with a grateful heart. Thank you for this gift that you've given to me. And I'm in this small way participating in his call for me to bring order to the world and to sanctify the world, again, for us as lay people, from within. So my act of chopping a cucumber for that that salad this summer could be an act of sanctifying the world. When I do it with that heart of gratitude for the Father and his love and the gifts that he gives to me. Wow. You buying what I'm selling here? I am buying it. All right. So... That you know, the way that we—it's not just about being good. Um, it's certainly not just about being nice. Um, the witness that we bear is we live differently with this awareness and this freedom that comes from the fact that we know that we are beloved children of our heavenly Father, younger siblings of our big brother Jesus, um, children of His mother Mary, and temples of the Spirit. And when we really, when we more and more internalize that, that shapes how we live in the world and allows us to make disciples. Amen. Amen. Any final thoughts? 
Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on, Audrey. This was fun. Yeah. Um, so just my encouragement to you, listener, um, if there's something here that resonated, pray with it, and then reflect on how are you called to participate in the church's mission to make disciples of all peoples. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet at us at sfdiocese and use the hashtag Ignition with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.